This is the thing that nobody understands is that you can slurp your apes anytime you like. And <laughs> y'all just don't get it. All right. You can slurp your apes. I, I don't remember. Was, was there a limit? I think it might be an unlimited amount of slurps per anytime ape. You can, you can, you can slurp them uh, anytime a day, 24 seven. It's pretty wild. <laughs> That um, fucking rules is the thing about it because I've always I've got all these apes you know mm-hmm, uh, I yeah. keep them safe because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't want all my apes to be gone safe uh, apes yeah yeah safe mm-hmm. apes and then I'm thinking these guys need a bit of that juice how do I slurp these apes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ever since I was a child I I dreamed of slurping apes and <laughs> the future is finally here I hope historians listen to this conversation and have to put meaning and figure out what it is like 500 years in the future what ex- what precisely it is that's going uh, historians on historians stop looking stop pursuing this path you don't need you just this is like a dark century there probably, is nothing and there is nothing of honor way. here <laughs> yeah, yeah this is not a place of honor get out of here <laughs> hey speaking of I've, have you guys heard about this Weird Al Yankovic uh, biopic? I know that it <laughs> exists. I thought you don't normally do that until somebody's dead, right? Yeah, Al's still that's, alive. Yeah, that's really... Am I wrong? Isn't that really weird to do when somebody's alive? Uh, I feel like... I mean, I mean, there have been a number that have been done while the dude was still alive. Um, but it is... I, I feel like it's increasingly common. I mean... There's hmm. there's like documentaries about the Firefest and WeWork or whatever, and now TV shows that are adapting those and like, right? Um, I, I, I I don't know. I it, it feels like more and more these there as the as the norms are sort of being peeled back. It's like, well, why not make a a biopic about this guy while he's still alive? Well, uh, uh Social Network is sort of. A biopic and mm. that was, oh yeah yeah i guess it is but it is it is it is weird that they're doing a weird al biopic at all <laughs> which i guess is is appropriate i'm trying to use some cosmic defibrillator to bring back jean baudrillard to mm. you know help with all this stuff i think you yeah. would enjoy the weird al uh biopic starring harry potter yeah i mean i think i just i uh I don't know. I, I like sure, mm-hmm. you know, right? Well, that's what yeah. with anything, all of it. I just kind of look at it and I go, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure." Yeah, that's kind of where we are as a culture. <laughs> that's exactly. true. That's exactly. Where we are. Yeah. I think it would be fun if, by way of this biopic, it was revealed that Weird Al was just like some sort of a sex demon. You know, <laughs> you just banging everyone in the music industry is kind of like a. One of those open secret things. Everyone in the industry knows about it. Not like in an inappropriate way, but just like, right. that's what he's about. You know, Get that's Weird in. Al's whole thing. And I think that would be awesome. And I'd love to see that. And I think they should put it in the movie, whether it's true or not. <laughs> I already yeah. like Al. I, I've, he's supposedly a nice guy too. So, you know, if yeah. he wants I feel to like ha- you have to be a nice guy if you're doing like a polka shtick. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't play do the that and be a dick. And you sing songs about food and like <laughs> for like children. Like he uh-huh. like he like he was he was 
the shit. It was him and um the uh, uh the uh, um Space Ghost Coast to Coast album. Mm, oh my god! Just has a bunch of collections of now Stone Cold classics like Meat Log. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I still say meat log, meat log, what a treat, a healthy hunk of processed meat. I, 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 uh, I sing the beef log. I sing the beef log song in my sleep still. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but that was real. Those were weird Al times or, you know, yeah, like eat it. And that Nirvana song where is honestly mm. a really funny premise to where it's just that no one can understand what Kurt Cobain's saying. So in the music video, he's like gargling water and singing. And like it's, I always thought that was actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> that's true but yeah. that was he's got some bangers yeah it's, yeah he wrote he wrote that what was that uh that that he had a couple of of just kind of straight bangers that like the like the devo song he the devo style song he wrote mm. uh was is wildly good um yeah a, yeah a lot Whenever his songs are good, it always feels like they have no right to be. But they are. And you just gotta give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Anger. Sexual lust. The sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. Viewers, listeners, you you know, you're listening to Agab, all gamers are bastards. This is really the premier Weird Al Yankovic podcast. <laughs> uh, longtime listeners will be familiar with our, you know, we, we've developed, I think, over the years, quite a sophisticated analysis of his right. work. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Kay, uh, uh, sort of head of the department of, of Weird Al Studies, I am joined by uh, perhaps the most prolific scholar in the field, Kyle. Hello. Hello. And we are joined by, um, I'm going to say sort of a, I, I, in, in a religious sense, kind of a gladiator for the Weird Al cause, <laughs> uh, a YouTuber, podcaster, Weird Al uh, respecter, uh, Sarah Zedig. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I uh uh I I listened to Weird Al Yankovic in the 90s and I remember his Pokemon songs being pretty <laughs> dope. I Hell uh, yeah. I was I was really into those as I was collecting my Pokemon cards. Uh I think I think Weird Al should run for president. I think Weird <laughs> Al should be pope. Um I think Weird Al should uh, partner with Hulk Hogan to start a cult to bring about the end of the world. Personally, I think that would be great. Those, that's just, that's those just three me. things, yeah, yeah, those three things. Maybe it's already Hell happening. Yeah. Can you prove that it's not? <laughs> you, you, good point. Good point. I think we I, proved that it is happening because we talked about it on a podcast, and mm. so that means it's real and true. Yeah, for yeah. any uh, any scholars, you can cite this. This is a peer reviewed yeah. source. Like this, this is, is sort of this is sort of the uh, we're we're emulating the the Democrats sort of strategy of somebody says something and then the New York Times reported that they said something and then the Democrats say no, but but the New York Times reported on that thing that we said, and That's so right. obviously it's true. That's the paper of record for God's sake. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to think of Agab as sort of the New York Times of podcasting for sure. Yeah, we're the podcast yeah. of record. Yeah. Uh, I think that's yeah. fair to say about us. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really listen to Weird Al when I was um, a child because I was just a bit too cool. Not very cool, but just a bit too cool. Too Canadian. Right. Uh, but I remember when he put out his final album... I don't even want to look up how many fucking years ago that was. Uh, I listened to it and I was just like, this actually, this bangs. And I, I think I developed late in life an appreciation for his work, mm. um, which I think is is very funny. Uh, and I kind of, I'm a little disappointed he doesn't do much anymore. I, I figured he was going to become... Like an internet person, I guess, because the whole premise of not doing uh, studio albums anymore is that par- he has to move so much faster nowadays mm-hmm. to parody music while it's still contemporary. Um, but I think he he realized actually uh, I've got a lot of money, so I'm just gonna like hang out. Yeah, uh, which with- respect you got to hand it to him. I would do that also. He just yeah. hangs out with comedians and like puts out. There's one year I think where he did a stretch of music videos um for a few songs he ended up like dropping several in a row but that was the last uh um but yeah otherwise i think i think just you know i i don't don't blame al for just you know being a guy you know they when you have that amount of money you can just be a guy and yeah yeah and i think it's it, it i i respect anybody who's like you know what i'm not i'm not gonna become an internet person I feel like that's probably I I uh every once in a while I find myself thinking about the Ashwood guy and I'm like I wish the Ashwood guy would come back and then I thought I think you know what actually I'm okay with the Ashwood guy just kind of being being a, a secret figure lost to time because uh no one no one no one should have to subject subject themselves to uh the current media atmosphere and 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 perform their 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 talents for the world in this in this hungry market um, of demanding children who really 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 want to hear your opinion on whatever crap Kevin Feige just vomited onto Disney Plus. Yeah, um, being on YouTube <laughs> is a very uh, upsetting thing at all times because whenever mm-hmm. you see a channel that's doing like incredibly well. It's usually because they pump out like, you know, five videos a day uh, and they're either clips from a stream that are really uninteresting, but for some reason has 10 million views or they're weird. I don't even know how to describe the type of thing. Um, There must be some way to put it into words, but it'll just be like, I don't know, content TM is, is the only way I can think to put it. Uh, yeah. just like really insubstantial stuff they kind of crank out um, and it's like who's watching all of this and then you realize oh it's children yeah it's millions of children and this is uh, I'm I'm now an old person because no this is poisoning their brains and possibly their souls this is way worse than whatever awful TV I watched I don't care what anyone yeah, says yeah I I'm I'm really excited to see what deranged shit the uh, kids who grew up on the, the algorithmically generated like spider oh, yeah. Spider-Man Elsa videos come up with. I feel oh, like that's yeah. going to be a generation of artists who uh, 
uh, will either uh, bring about the birth of the new world or <laughs> see its fall with uh, 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 glorious vitriol. Hey, real quick, are, do you do you want to do a sync, a sync test or something to make sure that you can put us all on the same together, all our audio files together on the other side? Yes, of this? Um, I forgot to do it at the beginning, so I was going to do have it at the end. Never remembered to clap. <laughs> no, no, we're going to remember. We're going to remember. Okay, okay, yes, great, good, call. great, good remembering, great, great snag, um, and a test so actually that mm. you passed. Oh, see, always... you see, Sarah, we're we're always trying to keep our guests on their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've and... had it with these lazy guests. That's right. And you know, they're not ready. They're not ready to defend themselves from from like attacks. attacks. Uh, yeah. They're not. They're not ready to invest in NFTs when they're supposed to, or to answer uh, our riddles when uh-huh. we ask them. Yeah, we not have enough, riddles. Not enough podcasters know how to utilize their iframes efficiently. <laughs> they, yeah, they can't time the rolls for fucking anything. It's a joke. Um, a lot like Square Enix couldn't utilize their iframes uh, <laughs> in the recent. <laughs> recent fact, business dealings the fact that, that i i've been my girlfriend and i've been laughing about this for 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 like the since the minute that that, that this news came out because my girlfriend has been writing a series on on a- analyzing nfts as art for a while now and right. uh uh just the fact that square enix sold all those properties for like a ludicrously small amount of money like the day that an, a report came out that NFTs uh, have been selling like remarkably less. Like they just had, there's just been a huge drop in sales of NFTs. Uh, it's just like it's just beautiful. Yeah, we're investing it was in such blockchain. a bad idea. It was such <laughs> a like that was always a bad idea. It's so it's like let's do let's let's like sell off parts of the building on the most volatile thing in the mm-hmm. world including pending natural disasters from climate change like volatile and unpredictable as this like fake market and then they're just like nah nah let's <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's let's sell lara croft yeah see what yep. she let's see what she fetches in this you know, let's 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 throw Lara Croft into the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean is basically <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the plot of at least one of the games. Right. I mean, like that th- that's a Bioshock, actually, mm. which is in the Tomb Raider universe, though. That's yeah. true. A lot of people yeah. don't know that, but that is very randy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love these companies just do not want to make video games uh, and will do anything they can possibly think of other than that. Yeah. And I understand because it seems like making video games is uh, basically impossible. Um, yeah, it's, it's clearly almost, it's impossible it's, for Square Enix. <laughs> yeah, clearly. it's almost <laughs> like um, in, in, in this particular stage of capitalism as, as uh, everything has been sort of mined of all of its, of its extra value. Everybody that is, that is every capitalist is trying to find, all the best ways to to maximize their profits, and so they have turned all art into financial assets. And now it's yeah. like, well, why do we even need to make video games when we can just do blockchain? Yeah. And 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 every and all the shareholders do a line of coke, and they say, "Yeah, man, 
Put it all in Fortnite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put it that's all in Fortnite, baby. That's 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 the that's the that's the logical point of that of the coked up video game executive riff mm-hmm. like that. But that's also literally how it's working. They're just dumping mm-hmm. properties into like basically it's it's this weird form of accumulation in culture that like like just it's it's this it's the smash brothers effect sort of Mm -hmm. like not in like the witch like i mean which was wasn't the most novel concept in the world like that and it and the games are often very good but as the that framework that's like i was thinking about the other game the other day the play the it was an arcade cabinet, and also they released it on PlayStation. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Urgies or Urgies. It's a, a 3D kind of virtual fighter mm. uh, fighting game that also had the reason why, and the reason why everyone I knew who actually played it, it wasn't very good, but it had, you could play Cloud and Tifa from Final Fantasy along mm-hmm. with these sort of other, and Yuffie, I think, from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, what? Um, I missed this game. I bet that was fire. I I remember loving it, and it like uh, like some of those games of the, you know, virtual fighter Tekken variety. They are upon revisiting a little tough, but uh, um, I don't know. It's this weird like because like you know because the I mean it's I think Sarah put it very well in that the sort of underlying logic. That's giving rise to these weird, like, to, to, you know, you can shoot SpongeBob in the face in Fortnite or whatever, um, mm-hmm. is purely based off of, a, a, it's a profit motive. It's, yeah. oh man, that sounds like a good idea. That's going to make us a bunch of money. And then we can go yeah. get more Coke. Like, yeah, I, 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 I have, I have like two and a half videos that are like exclusively just on this subject that I have been working on for like two years. Um, but it it is sort of, it's the natural side effect of, I think, copyright law, basically, where you have parceled up land and idea space. You've said this property, Star Wars is a thing that I own and I can put up a fence around it and I can punish people for trespassing on my property. And it's this, it's, it's the exact same process of capital accumulation happening in an abstract metaphorical plane as ideas are treated as property. And so it's it's the same it's just happening in the same way that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have have vacuumed up all the money of the working class post pandemic and prior to the pandemic. Uh, 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 Disney and all of these other corporations have just been sort of eating up every IP. And now it's like, what stories do we have to tell? Well, uh, I want to do a superhero story, but there's no way in hell that DC is going to let me do a Justice League. So I'm going to do not the Justice League. And you, you always you always just feel it every time you read like a Mark Millar comic about uh, I don't know why you would want to do this to yourself. But if you read it like an early <laughs> Mark Millar comic about superheroes where it's like, oh, look, it's it's not the Flash and not the Superman and, and, and like not the Batman. And and it's just like, why? Why do we need to pretend? Why are we playing there's, this game? There's that viral TikTok that was going around Twitter before I ran away from Twitter that was some what he has he has content creator voice. So he was he was stitching with a a video of 
and I don't blame this person for having this opinion. I think lots of people have this opinion saying, I want to see what it's like. I want a movie that's about someone in the Marvel universe, but who's not a superhero, who's just a bystander, which by the way, that's just free guy. They made that already. <laughs> but like, Oh God, <laughs> that movie's really interesting, by the way. It's not good. The problem is that it's not very entertaining. Mm. Um, uh, I, I will not be watching it ever. I don't think it, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it needs to be the nightmare needs to be more entertaining for it to like hold it for it to actually be worth looking at like boss baby for example which mm. i'm gonna go on which we're gonna talk about on horror vanguard literally next week oh um, my god oh yeah. that's hype that's so hype dude i pitched a, i pitched a, <laughs> by the time this comes out it actually could be out so you know yeah. regardless go subscribe to horror vanguard um <laughs> but uh um no there it was and then this, yeah, this content creator guy with content creator voice was talking about how much he loved the idea of like studio. St- this is this is basically he's just coming up with Monopoly, like like he's like studios could like empower uh, a a small director who wants to make an independent film and say, hey, make this interesting independent movie, but set it in the Marvel universe. And this he he was so earnest and sincere about how this was a good idea and i'm not usually horrified by much anymore online because it's Mm -hmm. online you know but uh i watched that and i remember laughing a lot but like not in that in that like really doom kind of filled way because Mm -hmm. that's just it's now like and we've seen it for a while but like it's been long past since people have given their absolute complete consent to allowing this kind of a thing to happen to where like now it's just like in 10 years it's going to be spongebob is in assassin's creed and then you have to find and rescue sandy in i'm like throwing you can't see me but i'm throwing darts at a dartboard with random things written on Mm it um it's yeah, culture it's just, is just going to become those algorithmically generated videos. Yeah. 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 I think they should start buying up um, whatever studios or companies have the rights to like sort of popular movies from previous decades and just inserting like Spider-Man <laughs> like at the end of Reservoir Dogs or maybe about two thirds of the way through Spider-Man just shows up and like webs everyone up. Casting uh, Spider-Man and Paramount's Yellowstone to piss off <laughs> everyone my, and my parents. <laughs> Just a pew pew. Yeah. That 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 particular, I saw that TikTok by the way, and I and I felt like my my immediate reaction besides that sense of horror because I've seen that argument before people like mm. yeah we should you should you know if you if you miss like indie cinema you should just set the movie in the in the MCU regardless of the fact that like the instant that you do something with the MCU if, if you have any kind of official partnership with Disney they have complete say over yeah. what gets into the movie most of the time for Marvel movies like the action sequences are already halfway through production before the script has even been written and a director decided right. upon. But um I uh, uh uh I think like we are already living in that world and the answer is the Batman which is like fine it's 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 um it's seven but about the Batman and it's like yeah. oh it's like what if seven was a slightly less good movie? I'm no lover of David Fincher, but that movie's got style. Like movie's got some stuff. And the Batman's got style too. 
Um, but it's, it is, it's just sort of like, it's, I would like it more if it was less of a Batman movie, uh, in the sense of, I find a lot of the, the, the combat stuff. I, it's, uh, this is my disconnect with so much culture now is like, I like it when they, when they bring up these interesting ideas and start trying to tell a story. And then it's like, Oh wait, hold on. We need to pause mm-hmm. the story for a bit for an obligatory fight scene. To slam uh, the action figures together. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't yeah. have much to do with the, <laughs> like the, st- the stakes aren't intertwined with the story game video games are a lot like this oh um, yeah yeah and I it's just frustrating released, okay. sorry no please please no oh, please. I, I i i just released a video about horizon forbidden west i was and, just about to I, I saw that was where you're going i was about to reference your video ah, which i watched oh, today <laughs> oh well i apologize for uh, uh cutting cutting off that excellent segue by just barreling into <laughs> it um but yeah, like that's that's sort of my feeling with with a lot of open world games and and just a lot of AAA games in general is that they're so uh, sort of confused and like Horizon Forbidden West and 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 to to also Zero Dawn. Both of those games they try so hard to to tell a story in a really coherent and interesting world that has all of these like disparate cultures and. They only exist in cutscenes, and then as soon as you're out of cutscenes, it's like you can go into any village from any different, any one of these different cultures, and they've all got a potions guy, they've all got a weapons guy, and an armor guy. They've yeah. all got your stash with all of your items in it, and and they all just function the same way. And it's just this wild disconnect between uh, the things that the game is trying to say. One of the things I didn't say in that video is that like the game opens with this, um, uh, sequence of a Fox running around in the world and then getting caught up in, uh, uh, this like blight. And you find that Fox later in the game and it's dead. And, and, and every once in a while you'll find like a dead animal in this like red wasteland material, and it's and it's meant to be this very sad like the the game has a broad environmentalist message. Uh, the problem is that uh, animal pelts and skins and 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 stuff are essential crafting ingredients for for <laughs> your pouches and item inventory. So the game encourages this like psychopath behavior of going out and just like killing every single animal you see. Um, in part because they they're they have random drops of like different different like mm. r- di- rarities, so you just have to keep killing animals to get this, <laughs> the materials that you need, and then you have to go out and track out uh, these the the robot dinosaurs to kill for their resources, and it's just like and and there's all these rebel camps that you have to go to and kill human beings. There's so many dead people. You, you kill so many people in that game. And it's like, I thought, I thought this was an environmentalist game. I thought this game was about like the preciousness of life. This is so, it's just such a, it's such a weird disconnect that I, I never, like, I, one of my big problems with, with Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 was like, it, it puts so much effort into creating this like realistic world where you have to pick up every single item individually and you've got to track uh, uh, what you're hunting through the snow. And there's, there's all this, like these gestures towards this sense of like immersion and realism. And then you get to the combat and it's like, press the slow time button and shoot that guy in the head, kill 50 guys in 30 seconds. And it's just like, (laughs) it's just like you get, you just get hounded by a bunch of dudes, just like a mob of dudes. And you got to gun them all down 
And then, and then after that, it's like you, you, you get shot in the body a million times and, and you, <laughs> and you, and you're fine because you pause the game and you eat a consumable. Like it you, immediately you sh- becomes Grand Theft Auto. It really yeah. like, yeah, yeah, the world breaks away and the sort of, yeah. the, uh, there's a, there's a center that remains, which is what's concerning. I think it has, it's almost like, the 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 story and the world building are these sort of you know it's like it's a flash of color on the on the end of like what is actually a very deep weed that runs as a network and mm. is kind of you know strangling everything around it that like it's only through this can like beauty you know it's it's why we have so it's why all of those games have a big map with a bunch of little dots on it and then a bunch of dots all over your screen whenever you're walking around oh. and then when you walk into the village someone is just like i'm so i'm so glad that we're on this safe place where we can trade and you go and you go to your item guy and you go to your mary poppins bag that has all of your items and this is despite like a game that's trying to comment yeah on the environment on the on scarcity on and on in many ways the sort of beauty that can emerge from like a world that's been gripped by death like Mm -hmm. uh but you also have to you know you can you can go to ubisoft.com to buy the spongebob dlc and play spongebob <laughs> if you want to and then you get to be uh aloy standing next to spongebob uh crying over a dead fox with the mountain of buffalo skulls behind them blocking <laughs> yeah. out the the sun um it I, that is really the exact same thing as that idea of putting uh of like making a a, a real movie but setting it in the mcu isn't it though like being yeah. like okay this is going to be the open world triple a game they're all the exact same fucking game and everyone has an expectation about what's going to be in them um but i'm gonna try to like write something substantial and 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 put it in and always always it leads to this massive um you know discrepancy between between uh gameplay and and what's actually being said uh i'm trying so hard not to say ludo narrative dissonance um but it's i mean that is kind of that is that if 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 it walks like a duck and wa- and, and quacks like a duck then <laughs> then it's ludo narrative dissonance it yeah, um, it is and and that's exactly what it is and yeah red dead 2 is such a great example of that um and i did i liked that game a lot because of the strength of its story and i was willing to just be like okay i'm on a little gta car chase now in between the good bits i'll just you know i'll just accept that um and it's it's sad that i think something that could be or or could have been a genuinely like incredible incredible game was held back so much by the expectation that it's gonna be a GTA in some yeah, way. Yeah, you know? and it's and 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 this and this sort of the root of a lot of big games now is that they are simply not willing to compromise the integrity of the core gameplay experience in order to make a thematic point. Um, and I think that that is a segue to the thing now. Thirty three minutes into this that we're actually here to talk about <laughs> video game too. Speaking of dead foxes, 
Speaking of dead foxes. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. We're here to talk about Tunic. Now, this game, I loved. I loved this game very much. Um, I am an immediate sucker for any of these sort of, you know, top-down Zelda-type games. I loved uh, Death's Door I played last year. I thought that was really good. Kind of reminded mm. me of Tunic a bit. It had that similar kind of, like, almost, like, cute and peaceful kind of way about it. Yeah. Um, like, it... It wasn't there. There are a lot of kind of dark things happening, but it's not like trying to be in your face and like edgy about it. And I think that actually gives those things way more weight. Um, yeah, that's the thing that it takes from Zelda games that I I really appreciate that I don't think a lot of people uh, uh, identify as a strength of the Zelda games. Like I've mm. always maintained that Wind Waker is one of the darkest Zelda games, if not the darkest. Yeah, uh, Zelda games are so profoundly sad. Like they yeah. are really sad. Melancholy yeah. is the word I've used. A yes. Lot. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like, I, there's a whole thing on melancholy that I think is very important. But regarding, like, no, I think, uh, I think you're right. It's funny that we spent so much time uh, talking about other games and AAA games because I am. Literally, as we speak, like b five minutes before we got on call, I was still I was I was working on a script about Tunic. I'm I, I've mm -hmm. I've had a script like halfway done and I got kind of stuck. And I'm going to be completely honest. I'm kind of using this as an excuse to kind of like bash out where the rest of my thoughts are um, for this for this video I'm working on. But I but I mm -hmm. I, I, I spent. I, I I just spent a lot of time like writing about other games, and I talked about like I, I, I don't know. This is a, this game is really interesting because it I think it wants you to think about other games often because yeah. yep. it, it, it it's very it's very referential, but it's not referential in in a in the way that video games tend to be, which is like oh look we put a Final Fantasy poster on the wall, isn't that cute? It's like. <laughs> yeah. It's it's referential in these really abstract and artistic ways. Like it reminds me of uh, uh, the, the the way that it kind of plays with the expectations that you would have of this type of game of uh, uh, from something like Fez, which I know the the main yeah. developer Andrew Shouldas uh, uh, said is a huge influence on this game. Yeah, um, you can tell in everything from the sort of pixel-based objects to mm. the music in particular immediately reminded me oh, of Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, reminds, it reminds me of um, the way that uh, uh, a lot of uh, French New Wave film directors in the 60s would mm -hmm. sort of casually reference each other's work. Uh, and then there's, there's a, there's a long-running uh, recurring symbol of uh, a, a slow close-up on... Um, uh, uh, seltzer, uh, seltzer pills and water boiling up yeah. uh, starts in Breathless by Jean-Luc Godard. Um, later gets referenced by Scorsese and Taxi Driver, and then also in All That Jazz by uh, 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 Bob Fosse. 
And, and, and like, that's a level of like, if you know the reference, you know what it's doing. But if you don't know the reference, yeah. it still has meaning. It's there. It, 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 it's not just a reference for references sake. It is there as part of a conversation that it's having with culture. And I find that to be extremely refreshing. This game for the, just, for the <laughs> listener, the word is po- the word is literally postmodern. Yeah, it's 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 postmodern. Uh, I think it t- it takes into account, um, sort of like it 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 uses visuals and temporal ideas to retrify and recontextualize grand narratives using, in this case, a very simple sort of story. You know what? It, what it reminded me the most of of the um things that I've seen recently was the Northman, which mm. is, I mean, the Northman is Hamlet. Uh, yeah. It looked like uh, it. it. I still haven't seen it. And it's pretty it's good. Very, it's very good. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's in, in what would you expect? It's very, it's heavily stylized. Um, and in this case, it's historicized in a particular way, but the, the difference is the difference between something like tunic, which I also think is very good. Um, or at least very interesting. It's a well-made game and it's saying interesting things is that while the Northman is sort of structural in its, in its reconstructive takes, as in it attempts to like, it's, it's still abstract and experimental and calls into question. Um, it, it uses subjectivity to call into question larger forms of representation um it w- which is why he's so effectively able to recontextualize history and use it in a way that's not as the guardian says not to bring this up on two episodes in a row uh <laughs> that's not you know just gaslighting white nationalists or whatever they thought it was doing um <laughs> oh but it fucking is dog shit discourse it, that was in yeah it was really bad in this in in this form of self-reflection effectively historicizing I think in I think tunic is similarly is saying a similar thing which is that they the, the, this, this seems there seems to be the implication it's it's explicit in the Northmen but it, the implicit in this game that heroic narratives dis, despite the sort of understanding of this of this 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 natural rise to heroic characters in the case of like a revenge story it's all it's about destiny or whatever it, it's disrupting the idea that heroes aren't made in this sort of for lack of a better term active social process and what tunic does with this is it it's it's almost it's not it's not trying to be humorous but it's almost ironic in its it's sort of retrified zeldified it's you know it's what it really is it's grown up it's grown up links awakening with also yeah. this other these other elements of pastiche that are referential but really taking on their own meaning in a explicit sort of nod I think I think what makes it exceptional, and I'll shut up after this, is the way that it doesn't use this to sort of be cheeky like other sort of postmodern 
form like art like other you know works of postmodern art do but instead is melancholic in its reflection and it's sort of like it feels post-apocalyptic and mm. i mean and that, that's 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 the idea that a hero there like a if there if there's the death of a hero then some sort of time has passed it's very medieval but it's also sort of universal i don't know uh, I've got, hang on, uh, I've got uh, Jordan Peterson on the line. He seems really oh. concerned about this postmodern game. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think they're, when you kill Peter Pan, it makes boys sad. <laughs> or whatever. What does she say? The, fo- the fox, the fox represents communism. I can tell because the final boss made me a furry. <laughs> um, and then he just starts crying for like 20 minutes right oh my god uh, um so one thing I, we should say i guess before we get too deep into the weeds is that this is definitely one of those games that is worth playing knowing as little as possible going in in my opinion um yeah i agree uh because it it is uh, the the video that I'm working on is going to be called the art of obscurity, and I uh, uh, tunic pulls a trick that I find just really brilliant, and it's a trick that is very easy to spoil. Um, so I think with that, if 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 you've seen a trailer of this and you like the idea of a Link's Awakening style like an adult Link's Awakening with a cute little fox as the protagonist. I'd say, like, I played, I finished this game in, in two days. I really liked it a lot. Uh, and that's uh, the the spoiler warning, I guess. Uh, I don't usually give a shit about that kind of thing, but sometimes it is it is merited. Um, did you get, did y'all uh, 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 see both endings? Um, I have, oh, I've, I've had like the bad ending, um, but actually I don't know what happens. I'm three pages short. It said when I finished it, it tells ah. you how many pages you need. And I haven't actually done that. Um, so I, I'm interested to hear what, uh, occurs. I've seen both endings. I looked up. Yeah. I should have looked up one. the other ending before doing this, but I forgot. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't had time to play it more after I got the first ending. Um, fair but enough. I, I, I want to. Um, yeah, I I actually like powered through this game. Uh, I I used a, I mean I was playing it like right after re- release, so I, I sort of there were some guides, but they were all very incomplete. The only thing that I really used a guide for was the final puzzle, and I had figured it out. I figured out the final puzzle on my own, but it was just sort of a pain in the ass to kind of assemble. Um, but but uh, so the, the the gimmick with this game, right, is that it's a top down kind of Zelda like game where you're 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 going around in this world and doing dungeons and attacking little little guys with your sword. Uh, but you find in the world pages of an NES style instruction manual that is very so clearly cool. inspired by. Uh, the, the 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 instruction manual for the original Legend of Zelda, uh, which I just happened to have physically uh, in front oh. of me. Um, uh, I um, 
uh, which I, I love. I love. I, I immediately fell in love with this game getting the first page because I've always I've always loved the Zelda manual. I got it from my brother along with the NES cartridge uh, when I was a kid, and 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 I loved to read the manual as a child and and think about how cool the game would be if it wasn't on the NES. I uh, and then Breath of the Wild came out, and my dreams came true uh, in the form of a monkey's paw. I. the 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 manual is interesting because it's largely in a uh a a, an invented language of runes and there are bits and pieces of it that are in english but you get these pages and they're just sort of like randomly pulled from this larger book they're placed in a very specific order but they're 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 placed in such a way that you get uh, mechanics revealed to you slowly over time. Um, They're and, great and, at revealing them exactly, sort of yes. at the right times as well. It's very well kind of portioned. Yeah, out. yeah. When you find the prayer mechanic, I like I screamed when 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 I got that page <laughs> and and just was like, you could do this the whole time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like. That the game does that so many times, like it does mm-hmm. that twice, just with buttons that you can press on your controller, and it also yeah. does that with shortcuts. Where half the time, like the Dark Souls esque uh, uh, shortcuts that you find in areas, were not like they they were there the whole time. It's just that you you're like you 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 find a random path. And you follow it around a mountain and then you come up into a place where you've been and then the camera switches from the old perspective to, to, to a new one and you realize, oh, oh, this path was here the whole time and I just thought it was a dead end because it was slightly yeah. obscure. Um, uh, but so the, 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 the pages of this manu- manual, at first it's all just like mechanics and then it's like here's maps of these different zones and um, eventually you, you get enough information to where you can, if, if you're really dedicated, you can uh, uh, translate the runes. Uh, I used, I, uh, by the time that I was getting to the part where I was really wanting to, because you get the, 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 the story parts of the booklet, uh, the front matter of the booklet, ironically, uh, much later in the game. And by then somebody had already bashed together a uh, an auto translate tool where you could draw in the shapes of the runes and it would translate them and it's a phonetic language it's really interesting uh i i i spent i spent a lot of time actually just sort of hand translating uh bits and pieces of dialogue that i found out in the world um it's been, this is the first time i've really gotten like taken out a notebook and and make notes by hand uh obsessed with a game in a long time um but uh it it eventually so the way that the 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 thing that this game does right is that you're you're getting this this sort of like extra diegetic manual that is is like okay this was, was this packed with the game why does it exist in the game world and eventually you find characters who are like searching for pages there's a character named the librarian who is a boss who is like hoarding these pages and Mm -hmm. waiting for new players to come to bring him more pages so that he can kill them and take them and try to find uh the location of the golden cross um 
But the 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 uh, the the good ending of the game or the 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 second ending involves you've you've put together all of the pages of the booklet and you take them to the final boss and you hand the booklet to the final boss and she reads it and then she falls to her knees and cries and then you hug and then the credits roll and you see yourself with the final boss exploring the world in a fun cutesy way and there's 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 other stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about momentarily, but my perspective is that this is a game about how the only way to break out of the cycle of violence, which is the thing that games love to talk about, uh, is to educate people about the ways that they are being exploited and how we are actually all like the working class have more in common with each other. Than, than, than with the ruling class. Because this entire, like the entire sort of ancient infrastructure of this game world is built on literally these pillars that have the, the, the clones or the, the alternate universe versions of this like locked away hero goddess that are just being tortured for, for basically for magical electricity. And, the entire infrastructure of this world literally operates on the exploitation of a bespoke underclass of creatures that are sort of harvested for for their electrochemical properties, I guess. And the game's message is not, you need to kill those people uh, or you need to befriend those people. It's that you need to educate the, the the people who are alive in this world about this about this level of exploitation and and that's that it's i don't know i i find it i find the the way that the manual exists as a sort of marxist text within the game world itself where people are trying to use it to sort of they think they understand what it's saying, but it's only when you get all of the pages and you see, oh, this is a video game, and this is a story about heroes, and 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 all of this is a cycle that is going on forever, and it's a cycle that is self-perpetuating because it's literally like there is the heir who is who is trapped, and you are uh, the ruin seeker, the the heir to the heir, and it is just this eternal cycle of heirs seeking each other going around and activating all of these 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 pylons and 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 getting these gifts and only to eventually become the heir who is locked away and and just constantly repeating this cycle and the only way to break out of it is to realize oh this is something this is i i am not a chosen hero who was put on this earth to do this one task by myself, I am being got, I am being fooled by, by some sort of larger machination. And actually the whole thing is a con and, and we need to opt out of it and, 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 and not perpetuate the cycle of violence by blindly adhering to the, the stories that we were raised with, with the ide- ideology that we were sort of, we were we were primed to expect going in um anyway that's <laughs> that's my rant it feels like it's kind of uh cashing the check that um not to not to invoke it but that like uh from soft games and dark souls mm, and stuff yep. kind of you know yep. began to write because those very much deal in a very similar idea, but they don't presume to think that much about 
solutions. There, there is the, there's always the, the, the dark. There's always the unknown uh, that lays beyond the Age of Fire. But that is the ambiguity of that. I think is really important to what those games are doing. Whereas this game takes that and and really thinks about okay, but but really in it, when thinking about what is useful, when thinking about uh, how to engage with this conversation that that these these other games have been engaged in in maybe a more immediately constructive way, you know, what does that look like? And it's exactly as you say. It's um it. it I, I do think it does lend itself to an extremely Marxist reading, which I found kind of funny because early in the game, I, I think like my interpretation of it really developed as I played it as, as, as is sort of, you know, to be expected um, early on, I almost felt like it was just taking shots at the industry and, and games as a medium in the way that it, it made what would have been like annoying tutorial pop-ups into this really like integral part of the game. Um, Mm. and everything about the way it's designed from its language that you can decode to the fact that, you know, finding the instruction manual is like the main kind of overarching sort of, you know, gameplay mission. Um, I feel like it's highlighting the ways in which a lot of other games and, and to be fair, a lot of these other games are, you know, much bigger studio, big budget things where they're going to be enormously adverse to any kind of risk. Um, it feels like it's, it's demonstrating by the way it's designed, what these games are doing wrong. Um, there's a nervousness when you play these big budget games that a certain percent of the player base might not see everything, might not do everything, might not get everything. Uh, and so they, they very anxiously are putting it in your face um, and whether that's big flashing markers on your map or whether the dialogue is characters just like telling you what the themes are to your face. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, yeah, it's an anxiety I think. And this game is, is really confident in the way it leaves it for you to discover these things. And it, it trusts that it's built a, such a compelling world that you'll want to. And a lot of people do, and I—I I mean, I'm not someone who usually could be fucked with like trying to decode like an in-game language, but in this game, I want to, and I've—I've I've been, I've been trying to do it and figuring out bits of it, and it's so satisfying, and I think yeah. that's so to their credit. Um, yeah, a lot of I, games I, couldn't get me to care about that. <laughs> yeah, I actually have uh, somebody put together a, a, a translated version of the booklet. Uh, and I, I have, I have a copy of it on my desktop and then I, uh, uh, I have it organized in the order of, of the, uh, of the booklet and then organized in the order that you actually get them within the game. And I was just sort of scrolling through them. What's, what's, what's really amazing is that all the, there's a lot of story stuff that's in there and it's really shockingly well-written. Um, mm. it's, uh, uh. There's there are in the pages that are describing um, uh, uh, the two endings. There there is this this sort of rhyming thing of of, of for for ending A. Uh, it says courage that is untempered by kindness risks eating itself forever, and that is describing the ending where you choose to fight the air rather than to educate, and yeah. you then become the air. 
And then for ending B, they say wisdom that is untempered by kindness is no wisdom at all. Be free. And I find that the use of kindness as as the as the deciding factor here it's not courage it's not wisdom which are really mm. loaded phrases for a game that is a a zelda like um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's those these are not the things and it's not uh what what is it wisdom courage and what are the is what it are strength? the strength yeah i think it's said strength yeah, yeah the third one isn't strength here it's it's kindness mm-hmm. and i find that really fascinating um and then on page four, there's this, there's just like this weird, like a hole in truth will thunder open and all manner of disquiet contradictions will gnaw, gnaw apart the canonical plane. Uh, it's, it's so bizarre where they, they, the, 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 the booklet itself calls attention to the fact that the monsters and characters in this game literally don't understand the nature of the world they exist in, where there are these like, pockets of purple radiating energy that, that, mm-hmm. de- that permanently de- deplete your health until you hit a bonfire. And uh, 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 it's sort of they, they describe it in the game as, as like it's, it's this noxious gas or whatever. But in the booklet, if you translate those bits, it's like, uh, the, the 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 people think that it it is a a substance that you breathe in, but what's actually happening is that it is a a pocket in canonical reality that saps away your hope and doesn't actually physically harm you. And that's and it's just it, there's such a I, I I have never encountered a game quite like this where. I have, I have, I have, I feel like I have a pretty holistic comprehension of all the information that is present in the game, more or less, and yet I still like the 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 world has all of these really interesting, chewy ambiguities, and it's playing with a lot of really interesting. It's just, it's just well, it's well written and fun to play, and that's like that's those are two things that I just. I never I feel like so many games even like good indie games aren't even don't even quite get both of those right. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, I hadn't read that description of like the purple stuff that saps your health. That's like mm. it's like the pale from Disco Elysium kind of. Mm. Like I I think it's it it fulfills in a, an ideological way especially a, a a similar sort of function to think about. That's really cool. Um, I've not read the fully translated thing because I've been trying to piece bits together. Um, mm. After I go back and get the the true ending and everything, I'll probably uh, just go read it because it's probably going to be too much work to do all of it. But I've been having fun with the bits uh, of translating I've been doing. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I had I've I had a lot of fun with 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 doing that myself. It's uh, uh, surprisingly enjoyable, I think, to 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 sit down and try to put the pieces together because. It's just, it's also enigmatic. Um, there's especially a, a section later in the game that uh, 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 the, uh, the the graveyard, when or after the graveyard, I should say, um, where you're just walking around uh, with all of these, these ghosts that are just speaking. This is the first time you're seeing like characters hanging out in the world. And they're speaking this language, and you're like, "Oh God, I want to know what they're saying." So yeah, I spent that, like that's when I really got into translating. <laughs> yeah, I spent like I spent like three hours just like 
writing those those runes down and trying to translate them, like getting getting the thing, uh, the the translator program up in one window, and like like going with my finger on my screen to make sure I was looking at the right part of the rune and it's just it's 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 a game that really rewards you for paying attention and looking closely it's a lot of fun i think i think more than anything the furthest callback that i have is Kay. i think when you mentioned that this text seems to be one of the one of the metatextual elements is commentary on the making of video games and as well as possibly the industry the answer with just about everything i think is yes which is why i think what's so artful about using using a sort of the fundamental logics of the quote-unquote actual world to reinvent the relationships between characters that have present the sort of fundamental gaps and understanding of not just subjectivity, which I think is a really big part of everything. And I talk about it a lot, but just in the world, in the world between in like between, you know, sub elements of the working class and the way that working class people, for example, as, as the, I think the useful framework that you've both demonstrated that the, 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 the class element, um, th- that there are sort of barriers in, uh, environment, in language, in education, these sort of like fundamentals, fundamentals of the, st- of the social world that structure our day-to-day lives and from which our expressions and things like culture come from, um, how those barriers can be overcome by in one sense appealing to you know uh, appealing to in in a, in a humanistic sense appealing to sort of some demonstrable and i guess, i guess to say fundamental essence of humanity that can sort of that that can forge together bonds despite their environment but i think what's so in, what's good about the game is that there are games that do that in a in a way that's you know less artful and um less realized i think but just sort of out of this like i i think i think i think why it's good is because it's there's a the the language of struggle that is present in from software games that like is we're not going we're going to build within and into the game the to to use a catchphrase apparently fundamental logic of the world that we've built that is about the tensions between these very medieval concepts of light and darkness and you know the mm. the, the that the sort of like theological sense almost but like inst- in in this in this case is that 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 fundamental logic exists very much in conversation with the real world through the even even up to and through the idea of like how should a video game be and i think that's very interesting and also as good of a way to do that type of a thing as anything i love a theological reading on dark souls because those games are so fucking catholic dude it's yeah holy hell 
Blasphemous only had to turn up the Catholicism by about ten oh, percent. I mean, it was all was, it was all there on the papers. That was the most. Yeah, that was the most Catholic game of all time. And it's really so good. <laughs> Finally, Catholicism in video games, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, there was a really. I think the big moment where this game really hit home for me was, and I can't remember exactly where it was. I just remember the event of turning on the because uh, you you pray at these sort of altars that activate often these glowing purpley pink pipes that uh, as uh sarah said earlier uh is like it's basically it's power and it's it's being extracted from living things in this pretty like literal way um but you don't realize that for some time and there's a point earlier on where you activate one of these, but the pipe is broken and it just starts spewing out this horrifying blackness, just this void and to go near it damages you. And it's, it's just this, you, you realize all of a sudden that you've been, you've, the things you've been turning on are not a neutral I mean, they're definitely not a positive, but not even a neutral sort of thing in this world. They're you're you're meddling with quite a a destructive power uh, in a way that you haven't yet fully sort of wrapped your head around. Uh, and I thought that was a really great. I, I don't know. To me, that kind of feels like almost a a representation of what it feels like to become politically aware in this world in any yes. kind of meaningful way. Um, because you're, you're, you're sort of doing things. You don't totally get why you've got vague ideas, opinions, thoughts about what's kind of right and wrong, mm -hmm. but like right. the, the reality of political struggle and what that actually is and looks like in, in your place in it, it, it can be, it can be kind of a frightening thing when it really starts to, to dawn on you. Yeah, it, it, it is. I, I hadn't quite thought of it in the, in those terms, but I think that's part of why this game lands with me is, is I, I mentioned earlier that games love to do the, the question, the cycle of violence. Uh, mm. But, <laughs> but they, they always seem to fall short because uh, again, they're, they're not willing to compromise the gameplay experience to make a thematic point. So it's like here, here do all of this violence. Now, don't you feel bad for doing, you're such a monster for doing all of this violence that, is the game that you bought that and to, to, to play. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and this game sort of completely foregoes finger wagging at committing violence and instead yeah. sees violence as primarily a structural evil. And that like right. individuals have strife amongst each other. Like there are, there are a couple of different factions that you don't really learn anything about, but they do exist in this world. That they're all they all have different interpretations of what's literally going on and their own reasons for trying to find these ancient relics. Um, and the game doesn't try to guilt you for fighting them because you you don't have a choice. They're they're yeah. in your way, and uh, and and they they also they attack you on sight. Um, instead. It is about understanding the greater violence that is inherent to the system, which is completely invisible 
unless you know what to look for. And 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 that's why I think this game, despite not being, I think, explicitly in any meaningful way uh, political, it, 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 it has such a it rings very loud uh, from a from a, a, a communist perspective, at least for me, yeah. because it it. It recognizes that the problem with any sort of cycle, any sort of political cycle, any kind of cycle of violence is not about really like the 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 individual conflict is a cipher for something much, much larger. And and the larger conflict is almost always the class war. It is tensions that are brought about because individual people have been uh, made destitute by the wealth extraction of greedy corporations that just sort of don't really care and deregulate everything and throw everybody into the pit together to fight against each other for for whatever meager scraps they can get and 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 correctly identifies that the cycle of violence in pretty much any context is not about you know whether or not you are a bad person for hurting another for not hurting another person it's whether or not you can can identify the real cause, look beyond whatever it is that you think you know, and recognize that there is something bigger going on. There, there are these 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 self reproducing structures that rely on your ignorance in order to self perpetuate, and therefore the only way to actually stop those cycles of violence is not to. Um, is 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 to ed- is to educate the people who can be educated. Um, yeah, and they reinforce this, I think, um, with the the way that the actual combat in the game is is you know it's cartoony. It's not like gory or anything. No, you know, you, you kill an enemy and they disappear into like a puff of coins or something. They don't you know become a bag of blood and guts and shit. Um, but the the um, the juice that's in the power lines, the the way that it's made, that stuff. Uh, the the there's one area where there's people like uh, I, I guess like trying to kind of mine these things, like a big mine with yeah. rocks of this shit. That stuff is all really jarring and obviously wrong and upsetting. And I think it, it uses it uses the language of of the kind of the gameplay itself in this really effective way where. That is, it's like you say, that is the real violence, you know, yeah. the, the the small individual interpersonal violence. It you know, it's violence, but it absolutely pales in comparison to what we're looking at with something more structural like that. But, well, even and even if it's not one for one, like I think it, I think it follows some of the to 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 both of your points at the at, at the that the the element of violence in the game even if it follows the proto-capitalist elements of like kinship based landed based social structures mm-hmm. um or you know call it nation based you know I, I i think that's i think that's the the these are the precise elements of the social world that the logic of capital uh, properly and necessarily incorporates itself with. And thus there is, that's the reason why it, I think can take, can feel so 
you know, lowercase n natural, very like, like it's like the, it's a, it tells a believable story. And that's because it's talking about the stuff that particularly people who have anti-capitalist left-wing socialized politics or Marxist politics even, um, are intimately familiar with, but that I think, I think, I, I think our, I, I think our, I mean, and to, and to the point, if we're talking about, you know, education in this, in, in this way, there's that there is, uh, um, people in some ways do understand what's happening to them and just have a struggle articulating it because we all have these sort of like that, that are, that, ex, that experience um, sort of like pressed on the gears of capitalism in various ways, shapes and form uh, can be communicated across typical demarcations in the social world that fell with like kinship and the, and the nation and stuff like that. I probably have to go in like five minutes, by the way. Well, we're, Oh, what are we? I think we're I've been recording for about an hour probably. 10. That's probably, oh, yeah. that's probably all right. Yeah. I did spend a lot of time uh, at the, at the front sort of not talking about tunic. Um, we normally spend the this, first this third is, or so kind of talking about whatever, or if it's like, sometimes a, you know. we, sometimes the last third too, <laughs> the, the, the extended bid on the podcast is that everything is video game. So yeah, it's yeah. We talk about the Sopranos a lot. That's one of my favorite video games <laughs> it's lately. Great, great game. You know, great boss baby game. comes up a lot. That's a great video game. It's mm-hmm. classic. That's, That's a classic right. video yeah. game. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my current, uh, least favorite video game is the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, oh, that's a, a real shit video dog. game. Yeah, that's, that's a dog shit game. They really yeah, gouge you real. on the fucking DLCs on that one. To be honest, <laughs> you want to know? Can I? Can I just say really quick? Uh, my my girlfriend and I got COVID uh, uh, at the start of uh, at the start of April, and uh, we were we were both out for for like three solid weeks. And my girlfriend had this like persistent cough and we, we talked to a doctor about it and they prescribed her this like particular medicine that, that has been recommended for, for helping with a uh, uh, COVID cough. And they sent it to our pharmacy and we went to pick it up from the pharmacy and they were like, mm. oh, um, yeah, insurance doesn't doesn't cover this. Sure. Uh, and it's like it was like 80 bucks. So we called the 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 uh, doctor. Was like, "Hey, why isn't why isn't why is?" I thought you said this was going to be covered, and they were like, "Oh, well, uh, yeah, insurance. This is insurance never covers this because it's just sort of it's it's a particular cough medicine." Um, and 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 it was because I guess because it was it was an over the counter thing, so they can't like prescribe it. Uh. And so I, I, it was just a complicated, stupid situation. And then they ended up basically just swapping out this prescription with uh, a slightly higher dosage um, Dayquil. And it was just like, 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 like such a shit show. It took us like three days to get them to sort anything out. And then we just didn't get the medication that was actually supposed to help because the American healthcare system is just completely full of holes and doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. Uh, COVID-19, like the pandemic is really, it's uh, it sucks. It's all, it's a bad video game. I don't recommend it. Um, play tunic instead. It's, it's got a Fox in it. 
yeah, I'm going to give COVID-19 a 0 out of 10. I'm going to give Tunic uh, a solid 10 out of 10. Uh, these, This is the review. These are the ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we do at the end of every oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like IGN style. We always give you a mm-hmm. numerical rating. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be the, 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 the firebrand here, the sort of critical outlier, and, and uh, give this a, a scathing 9 out of 10. I know the gamers are going to sick, sick me for this oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I posted your address on the line because um, of that. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, frankly, too much water. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, video games. I just want to know where we can. People can watch Sarah's videos and things like that. Yeah, where can they find you, Sarah? Yeah, um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, my channel's Let's Talk About Stuff. Um, my uh, my podcast is Trans Questioning. It's been on. The most recent episode is like a year old. And it's the last. It's titled "The Last Episode of Trans Questioning" in an in parentheses, unless it isn't. Uh, and it's not Whoa. the last episode. I'm going to be doing it more frequently again soon. Hopefully, life has been sort of crazy. Uh, I'm on Twitter at HMS No Fun, and I'm also you can support my work on uh, uh, Camaraderie, Camaraderie.co/sarahzedek, which is a worker-owned alternative to Patreon. It's really cool uh and and very exciting it's still in alpha but it's a cool little website and i'm i like the team that's that's working on it um, is that u.s only at the moment or i think it is well yeah i think it is u.s only at the moment okay. unfortunately um i i have to I have to investigate but uh yeah there's there's a lot of like tax things there's a lot of a lot of complicated monetary laws that are being navigated at the moment that uh, oh, yeah. make make this make this very complicated but um my experiences with with the people who are who are working on it have been exclusively positive in in the like onboarding interview uh, uh one one of the one of the devs just sort of casually quoted Marx in, in, in saying, you know, I don't, we don't even describe this as anti-capitalist because Marx says that uh, w- w- you could pull, you could quote Marx to say that, that, that there's no such thing as an anti-capitalist co-op. And that was like, oh, so you actually know what the fuck you're talking about. That's nice. Yeah. I, I um, immediately respect anyone who doesn't seek to like aggrandize whatever projects they have and pretend that it's, you know, doing <laughs> communism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's where you can find all my crap. <laughs> all right. Where can they find you, Kyle? You can find me in one of the three forests that is that I'm that's gonna employ me. Uh that I should be hearing back from soon. So check <laughs> oh, yeah. check the woods in uh eastern and southern Massachusetts. And I'm somewhere out there. Wow. Folks, check the woods. Yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe t- maybe Twitter, but there's an Agab Pod at Agab Pod. Yeah, that's the only Twitter that you need to follow. I would not recommend following any other ones. People are posting crazy shit on there every day. It turns <laughs> out I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you can find me if you absolutely have to follow another Twitter after Sarah's and after uh, the podcast's account. You can follow me at K and Skittles, uh, but that definitely the last one after that. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, you can find me on YouTube at KN Skittles uh, where I make videos. And um, probably by the time this is out, maybe there will be a video about a 20-year-old movie that most of my viewership <laughs> probably weren't fucking alive when it came out. So Ooh. that's going to be, everyone's going to be, re- they're waiting for that. They're on the edge of their seats for that one. Hell yeah. That's right. That's that's what it's all about, baby. It's, it's about making YouTube videos where you you film yourself with a projector on the wall and you talk about Terrence Malick. Mm. Um, uh, and you confuse everyone. They're hits every time. They're all, it's yeah. always a every hit. Time. Don't make videos always. about topical stuff. Just do. Yeah. Do the YouTube whatever. algorithm loves videos about <laughs> about media that that no human being alive remembers. Yes, um, exactly. And they really love it when you don't talk about media at all and talk about um, like contentious political issues. They love mm-hmm, that. They think that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I oh fuck, it's it's crazy when I look at just like the views from videos, the ones that aren't regarding like a movie or video game or something. It's so dramatic the difference oh, yeah. in like reach that it gets. Oh, YouTube yeah. doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> you just got to do what I do and get. In- like have all your videos not get any views that's kind of the pro strat uh it's the yeah yeah it's the real alpha move yeah my my philosophy there is i just put i I just put shit out there and if i don't really care if if everybody sees it i just care if the people who agree with me see it and they tend to see it and that's all that really matters to me (laughs) yeah i mean fuck when any video gets too much reach you start getting you just start getting freaks in your comments and it's like, all right, no new people can watch this anymore. You've, you've ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have this to punish, we have, have to punish things. the whole class because of, because of you. Yeah. Collective punishment for YouTube commenters. Yeah. Um, we'll put your heads down. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve. We're, that's right. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. All gamers are bastards. Ah, ravioli. Ah, mamma mia.